ek meng my taal met jou na Gees bloed en spoeg That means I mix my language with yours Spirit, blood and spit <laughs> Welcome to the Emergence Podcast With me, Jaku van der Merver I'll work on that jingle um, I have been toying with the idea of sort of starting a podcast for maybe five years now um, There was a period of my life where I commuted two hours a day And I would just consume podcasts for that full two hours It was probably one of the loveliest times of my life I think it was about a year and a half that I lived more than an hour away from work And so I would just fill those hours pretty much exclusively with listening to podcasts um, and I mean you know there was just there was just so many great things that I encountered and things that people were doing that as a creative person sort of sparked ideas in me and so for a long time I've been sort of wondering what I would do if I did eventually get around to creating a podcast even dabbled a little bit with experiments with friends and that sounds <laughs> it sounds a little bit weirder than what I meant for it to sound although one of my mentors Mr. Pluto Panusis does say that creative energy is a lot like sexual energy I mean I, I don't think he even says is a lot like I think he says it is sexual energy but anyway um, Werner Herzog also speaks about that the filmmaker the, the director he says like on every film set that he works on he's kind of in love with the entire crew again a dodgy thing to say isn't it wow i'm starting this podcast off with um all kinds of creepy creepy things especially in the fucking climate of uh what's happening in hollywood and what's being exposed but anyway wow i did not think that was one of the first things i was going to talk about but i'm sure you know many topics will be covered if i continue to ramble um into this space so this is the very very first thing i'm even doing um i you know like i said i had lots of ideas and recently i i, I re-watched a short little docky about one of my favorite indie bands called the books for those of you who haven't heard of the books um you can thank me later they i don't think they they're making music anymore but they made a couple of really beautiful albums um like in the 2000s i want to say Maybe a little bit earlier than that even. I don't know when the two of them got together. It's a Dutch dude who's in a wheelchair and a American dude. Um, and the Dutch guy, I forget their names now. I mean, I should have done proper research before I, you know, started rambling about them. But they really are two of my heroes, even though I don't know their names off the top of my head. Um, and the Dutch dude um, started sampling, like, just sounds that he found interesting in the world. And he had this mini disc recorder thing. And he just started building this crazy, massive audio library of um, sounds that he found interesting from the TV, just like found sound. And then he met the other dude and they just immediately clicked. And the, in, in the little docky, they sort of tell the story. I think the docky is called aleatoric or something. It's obviously some fancy word that means something to do with their creative process. But anyway, um, once again... If I continue to do podcasts, I probably should do more research before I ramble about things that I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, although that's kind of what I'm what I'm also interested in. But anyway, so 
in this docky they talk about their creative process so they basically use a lot of found sound and then combine it with their own um, instrument playing and the, the the one dude actually sings like incredibly beautifully some something between Sufyan and Paul Simon and um, I mean yeah that's a pretty good place to start I guess with his vocal range but also just a very like really good lyricist and stuff anyway can't say enough good things about the books do go check them out but um, so he's talking about his creative process and he says um, he's really into this concept called emergence um, and it's about not really planning anything but rather setting up the conditions in which something is bound to happen like setting up I, I don't think he uses the word conditions it's something like atmosphere or setting up the space or setting up the whatever but you know one of those one of those words um, and I see I'm actually getting a phone call right now so this is my first you know attempt at recording something and I'm somewhere using my phone because I'm driving around in my hometown of Pretoria and it's raining and I was like yep that's the moment so I've started recording um, you might even hear some of the rain pitter-pattering on the windscreen and my car which I've now stopped because I'm I'm in a I'm in a parking lot somewhere and I'm gonna quickly ramble a bit more um, <clears throat> forgot where I was emergence setting up the conditions in which something is bound to happen so that's kind of um, you know, like like I was thinking about the format, like what should I do? Should it be an interview show? Should it be about something? And, and like, you know, like I said, in those experiments with friends, <laughs> um, we we sort of dabbled with, with a little bit of everything, like conversational style stuff, um, talking about, you know, culture, talking about, um, uh, or even like other things that we're interested in like mythology and retelling stories and uh, spoken word poetry and uh, I mean there's so many you know there's so many amazing podcasts that are doing all of these things um, so in the end anyway what <clears throat> in the end anyway what I realized is um, I'm gonna start because I've, I've sort of been waiting for this perfect idea and it's got to be one singular thing uh, you know but but I don't think that's I don't think that's my energy, man. Like I, uh, I do a lot of things. You know, Oscar Wilde said, like, don't. Um, we are not nouns; we are verbs. You know, it's it's like if you think of yourself as an as an artist. Well, I guess artist is kind of okay because artist does imply many different mediums and many different things. But like, if you think of yourself as a writer or as a painter or as a whatever then it's almost like that noun becomes a box and you sort of fit yourself into that box where whereas Oscar Wilde said I you know I do many things I'm a person who does many things including uh, writing and you know it's not is it Oscar Wilde who said this or was it Stephen Fry who said this um, I actually can't remember because the little the little sort of anyway Stephen Fry acted as Oscar Wilde also in, in some other TV thing or in a film. So I'm, I might be crossing those lines a little bit. Anyway, the point being, one of the two of those two amazing gentlemen said, um, we are verbs, we're not nouns. And uh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. So it's about being, it's about doing. Um, 
I'm sure in pretty much every episode or whatever these things are going to become. Um, I'll also be speaking about, you know, one of my favorite cultural theorists is a dude called Stuart Hall, who wrote about cultural identity as not being a fixed essence. So before I even move to the punchline, like that's already worth unpacking a little bit. Like firstly, cultural identity, he's talking about you know, people finding identity in culture or in cultural groups or whatever. But I mean, really, everything we do is cultural. If you think about what culture is, it's the norms, you know, of a society. It's the the formal and informal rules that tell people how to behave. It's the, you know, belief system and tradition. And and um, it's it's like every it's every part of ideology, every part of, you know, how group how groups of people think and how individuals within that group might agree with a dominant sort of ideology or disagree with it or what's most common is this kind of negotiated position that Stuart Hall also writes about where you agree with some parts of the culture in which you find yourself and you disagree with some parts uh, and that also is part of what makes that culture vibrant and dynamic and it, it's always moving and always kind of evolving um, but anyway, th- this was a big revelation for me. Like, I-, I can't remember when I sort of read this for the first time, I think late in my 20s, um, where he just said, like, your identity is not a fixed essence. It is a constant becoming. And that's so that's so beautiful. That was so powerful to me. It, it actually helped me through a lot of, you know, shit that I was dealing with, trying to figure out the meaning of life and what everything means and like how to have an an answer for everything and almost be this like fully formed yaku who is now perfectly in tune with every idea and has a has a final you know opinion about every or whatever it's not even about the opinion i just mean like you sort of think to yourself like as i you know now i can be fully myself or something like that but you know, there's a, there's a sort of deeper truth about the fluid nature of human identity, which is that you're constantly becoming yourself um, and it doesn't stop, you know, and you change. Like, I think that's a lovely truth that seems to be permeating sort of younger people's, you know, worldview as well. Like, you know, just just engaging with my with my students at the film school where I work, um, it seems that this idea has grown deeper roots it obviously comes from sort of eastern philosophy and all kinds of other places but um it's interesting to see that a lot of people are tapping into this idea that you know you don't have to be fully formed in your identity you're always busy becoming yourself anyway so so these are all ideas that for me kind of overlap um you know, the idea of emergence, setting up the conditions in which things are bound to happen. That's what I have decided that this podcast is going to be like. I, I'm i sitting on like an audio archive of all kinds of crazy shit that I've been recording, you know, over the past 20 years as an artist, as a traveler, um, as somebody who's interested in, I don't know, <laughs> lots of things I'm interested in. Um, and I just have this really big archive of recordings you know and so what i think i'm going to do i like the first idea that i have is just kind of to you know do a bit of a ramble here and there and then also dig in the archives and kind of make an episode which i hope i can release maybe every week we'll see how it goes um i'm recording this on the what is this this is like near the end of april 2021 
and from here I still have to figure out you know how podcasts work like probably need a bit of an artwork like a like an album cover vibe like a podcast picture and I have no idea how to upload podcasts I I, I assume it it's not too tricky because I I've seen other plebs doing it you know and I'm like well if that pleb can do it surely I can figure it out that's my that's my basic way of thinking about the world you know everyone else is a pleb and if they can do it then surely I can too I'm just joking that's completely not how I look at the world actually um anyway so yeah there was one other thing I was gonna talk about this this is the this is probably a phrase that I will be saying so many times because it always feels like there's one other thing that's just on the edge of my mind ah there it is speaking about the edge of my mind so the the last concept um I didn't write any of this down I'm literally just sort of freestyling staring at the rain falling on the windscreen um is by this Australian philosopher comedian musician what a lovely combination of things hey um a dude called Tim Minchin some of you also might have encountered him on your travels on the internet or maybe even in real life um and he did this really <clears throat> sort of like a classic uh, graduation speech at the University of Western Australia or something where he himself graduated you know like a decade or whatever before that and then he was invited back as a as a speaker and he just he 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 gives one of the great graduation speeches of the of the 21st century i would say so far obviously we're we're still young in it but um the one the one sort of major thing that 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 will always stick with me from that is um you don't you don't have to have this big dream uh that's look it's one opinion of course all of these things i'm saying are opinions but these are these are ideas that have resonated with me and have sort of liberated me in my own sort of creative process and how i engage with the world and how i think about myself and my role in the world and sort of what i'm busy doing here um which is i guess what this podcast will probably be about and i will you know get as many other inputs and things about these topics as i can but um basically tim minchin says like uh you know like <laughs> he he makes a kind of slightly derogatory joke about americans on talk shows or something and he's like you don't you don't have to have a big dream you know like he 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 sort of says like a better way to go about life is to be micro ambitious um to focus on the thing that you're busy with like work hard on the project that you're busy with because what usually tends to happen is that in the periphery of your vision like you know on the edge that's why you know the the edge of my mind is the the thing that triggered the idea but so like on the edge of your vision as you're busy working really hard on this one thing that's when the next project will emerge and i i mean if i look back at my sort of last 25 years of you know creative collaborative projects um i can definitely kind of testify that that's how it works like you work hard on the one thing that you're busy with and somebody else notices it or you get a phone call or somebody reaches out or i mean i've often started projects you know reaching out to other people going dude or do debt or <laughs> i don't know what the correct pronoun is in 2021 anyway uh like you you know i i really dig what you are doing and i think there's some resonant energy and let's start a project and 
you know, so so I am I'm often also the one creating energy in someone else's periphery and then sort of collaborating on things. Um, so yeah, a lot of lot of lot of concepts to talk about there. Maybe that's maybe that's all I know about the world and this this whole podcast series will just be one will just be this one this one ramble in a car in the rain in the infamous and underestimated city of Pretoria, South Africa. Stay tuned, motherfucker. I don't know if I'm going to say words like motherfucker. Well, I mean, now I have already. But anyway, stay tuned, all of you humans, wonderful humans. And uh, I'll think of some more things to say and more um, bits to edit together to create little episodes. I'm actually super excited. Like this, this, you know, this sort of waiting around to figure out what exactly I should do. Um... In some ways, I think it's obviously been preparing me for this. It's almost like when you do research, for those of you who've ever written like a sort of significant essay, like an honors or a master's level thing or whatever. Um, research also kind of works like that. You sort of read a lot and you think a lot and you sort of write a bit of a literature review. But, you know, it's kind of the slow, painful work. And then, then for like months at a time, you don't touch it, you know. But in the background, your brain is actually busy connecting like a lot of these thoughts and ideas and things that you're exposing yourself to through the reading and through the, um, you know, through the research, like following the trails of things. And I think that's kind of what I've been doing. I've always known that I would end up making this podcast. And now I'm, I think the time is right to, I don't even have like a cool microphone. I've got this little Zoom H1 recorder that I've been you know, recording things in the world with for the last couple of years. And I've got my phone, but they say, do what you can with what you have. No, do what you can with what you have. Yeah, that's, that sounds right. Um, and I've always sort of tried to do that. I'm a firm believer in that concept. So this is me recording on my phone. I'm sure the audio is going to be shite, but it doesn't actually matter. Maybe it feels like you're sitting in my car, you know, next to me in the rain and I'm telling you some wisdoms maybe you disagree with all of them i would be happy to engage in dialogue i think that's one of the the main skills in the 21st century that we all need to keep developing is like having conversations with people that we disagree with you know like um and not letting the emotional sort of context of that ruin our ability to even be able to hear what the other person is saying one of the one of the most important sort of uh, things that I've learned about that, which will will be my concluding thought here, is um, if you're not willing to to change your mind about something that you actually feel quite passionate about or you believe in really firmly, if you're if you're just like your standpoint is you will never change your mind, and if you're honest with yourself and you see that in yourself, that you there's, there's like no way that you will ever you know like change your mind. Um, then you can't expect that of anyone else either. You know, that's a very simple truth. So, you know, in essence, each of us has to try and, and always move that sliding scale towards objectivity and away from our uh, biases and sort of really strong emotional anchors so that we are able to listen to other people's points of view. And if enough valid points are being made in a row that we would actually consider that point of view to see if it might, you know, replace our own or um, at least sort of steer our own opinion, 
you know, in a slightly different direction to where it, where it could have, kind of was before. Yeah, so this is going to be called the Emergence Podcast. Shout out to uh, that dude from the books whose name I will remember by episode two and give proper credit for, um, for giving me, you know, the name. Uh, emergence theory is something else. It's, I think it's from the sciences or something. Uh, again, let me do some proper research. So this isn't, uh, it's not that. That's not what I'm referencing here. It's like literally just this idea of setting up the space in which things like this little ramble and hopefully you're listening to it are bound to happen. Yo, I'm back at home uh, and I've had a few moments to fact check some of those things I was rambling about in the rain in the car. Um, it makes me think of the Ron Burgundy podcast. I don't know how many of you have listened to that one, but in each episode, he makes, you know, Will Ferrell makes some blatantly incorrect statements. And then they do this little fact check at the end of each podcast. <laughs> but he's kind of so, um, like, bombastic about it. Like, oh, I was so I was close. But, you know, it was like completely incorrect, obviously on purpose. Um, but anyway, so so this would be that little segment of my of my first episode. Um, just to say, I, I, I mean, I was pretty close in true Ron Burgundy fashion. I was pretty close most of the time. But anyway, so the books were formed in 1999 in New York City. There is one Dutch dude and one uh, American dude. The American guy is actually called Nick Zamuto, which is a fact that I knew because I had listened to his solo albums, which he brought out um, uh, under, this, under the artist name Zamuto. Uh, I remember listening to that maybe like 10 years ago. Anyway, uh, and the yeah, what, what's great about the books is they really combine the style of sort of found sound with their own playing and even though there are sort of parallels with what hip-hop music does, I guess sampling, you know, found sound and, and to create something new, the books in many ways is like their own genre. Uh, they really do make music that doesn't really sound like anything else. I mean, there's lots of electro musicians who sample and, you know, DJs and some of the more experimental, you know, cats that my friend Jacob Israel used to make me listen to. And I say make me listen to quite specifically. But anyway, I mean, I obviously enjoyed all of that shit as well. Uh, and it, it informs what I do. I mean, I think my my own practice as an artist is to be quite aware of the stuff that I'm stealing, you know, or the stuff that I'm sort of intertextually weaving together. That's definitely a big part of my own practice as an artist. Um, anyway, uh, and also the word aleatoric is really cool. Um, I, I was quite close saying it's got to do with their their creative process, but the word aleatoric means um, depending on the throw of a dice or on chance, in other words, randomness. Uh, what a lovely concept. So I think that ties in with the, you know, the concept of emergence. It's like you set up the conditions for things in which to happen and then you kind of roll the dice and see what happens. But there is work done in the setting up, you know. Um, so it's depending on chance, uh, but there's a lovely TED talk that I watched also years ago. I, I used to show this to my students about where do good ideas come from? I think the dude's name is Evan Johnson. Again, I should have done the, the research on this one. But anyway, um, he, he says chance favors the connected mind, you know? So there's something quite profound about that. Like 
Sure. I, you know, I, I believe that a lot of life is luck. There's a lot of luck involved in one thing leading to the next, you know, even like Tim mentioned with the peripheral vision thing, a lot of it is fortune. You know, it's, it's, it's that mixture of hard work and, and luck. Like Gary Player, that, that saying that's attributed to him. I don't know if it's really from him, but anyway, about, um, you know, the, the, the more I practice, the luckier I get or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I'm down for all of those concepts. I think that's kind of going to inform what I want to do with this podcast. I want to roll the dice. I want to set up the conditions in which things can happen, in which other things can connect. I'm hoping, you know, that some of you, you know, will will also find in, in all of these ramblings things which spark ideas for you and set you off on your own journeys of connection and stuff. And please, if any of that should ever happen, let me know if like something... I, I'm, I, I, I love following the trails of things and of projects and seeing how the sort of tributaries of things connect. Um, I'm hoping, you know, some of you who are listening are listening to this like well into the future, not even in the year 2021, um, because hopefully I've found the stamina and the inspiration and the courage and all the necessary elements to uh, keep this thing going and maybe you found it interesting enough sort of to start at the beginning and start from episode one and sort of go down the journey so if that's you in the future listening to me you know sitting sitting in my study talking in the year 2021 and meanwhile it's not 2021 anymore it's fun to imagine this uh please let me know somehow that you are listening to this in the year 20. 30 something i don't know if the internet and the world still exists uh anyway so i'm gonna end today's podcast this is kind of like a little sandwich section in the middle and uh recently i've released a a book of poems called also which is a, a series of poems that i sort of wrote between 2014 and 2020 and through my patreon community i managed to sort of print you know like like design and print um this this book um so i've done like four public readings of the book at this point and i recorded three of them i forgot on the fourth occasion but um and so i'm gonna i'm gonna just play you a little snippet of like a fun thing that happened at the uh, i was at the emerentia dog park in johannesburg and uh there was like 12 of us sitting in a circle and we were reading, I was reading the poems and everybody was kind of into it, I think. <laughs> I mean, I was into it, so I didn't really notice what everyone else was doing. <laughs> but um, at a, it was in the dog park and at a certain point, like a couple of people walked past with their dogs and suddenly this like little pack of dogs descended on us. And because I was the one, you know, talking, I guess they were sort of magnetically attracted to me in the circle so they all sort of charged me and sort of jumped on me and stuff while I was reading these poems you know but it was it was a lovely moment um so you can you should be able to hear the dogs panting I haven't edited this little clip yet I'm gonna look for it now but uh hopefully you can hear the dogs um you know this wild pack of dogs well actually there were all these little tiny yapper dogs um, so yeah, that's how I'm going to end this first episode, just with a, an excerpt of a reading. In the future, you know, I'm I'm open to whatever. Like I, I think the whole point of this podcast is to collect audio, edit it as I go, drop it, um, and hopefully create some dialogue with listeners who, you know, of course, you're welcome to give me feedback at any point. 
I, I'm pretty easily contactable. I think if, if you if you found this podcast, you probably know how to find and DM me in other spaces as well. But my cell phone number is zero. Just kidding. Uh, I don't know. You can have my cell phone number if you want. If you if you really want it, just ask me for it, and I might even tell you what it is. You know, it depends <laughs> depends who you are, I guess. Uh, cool. So enjoy the reading of the poem. Uh, if I remember anything else I want to say, I might add that after the poem. But for now, this is the little sandwich section in the middle. So it's st- the, the, the whole thing started with um, some rambling in the car in the rain. That was nice. And now this little sandwich section. And I'll conclude it with a live poetry reading in a dog park with a pack of dogs. Pack of wild dogs. Cool. Enjoy, everybody. Thank you for listening to the first ever episode of Emergence. I don't know if this sounds at all like the the way I sang it the first time. (sighs) Okay, bye. Also, our children pick up on our little sayings. Our moms applaud in the audience wildly. The shearers spend 20 minutes sharpening their blades in contemplative silence, waiting for the foreman's signal. Dear God, why is my heart breaking? The sheep are nervous, but melt in the grips of hands that mold them like something inanimate but wholly alive. There is love here. Trust and blades and pulling you around by your back legs. The shit in your fur is spread out for everyone to see. And it's okay. The sun is warming the space in which we work. We blow kisses to the judges and thank the system for being the system and promise each other that our futures will be bright. And we cry out loud enough on a high note, higher than what our registers really allow. And we hope that our lack of self-belief will not affect the way that we battle. (laughs) Yes, if that last word was slobber, it would have been, it would have been perfect. Yo, here is another little prologue. Um, I'm recording this on the evening of the 13th of May. I sort of finished that first episode at the end of April and I uh, uploaded it to my Patreon community and just asked people for feedback. And uh, generally the feedback was quite positive. So I was excited and thought, cool, you know, this is the vibe. I'm going to finish this episode, figure out the sort of podcast hosting platform thing. Uh, I've I've just done that tonight. I've looked at, um, I've sort of signed up for a thing called Podbean. It looks pretty legit and you can pay a sort of annual fee, which makes it um, kind of $9 a month in the end, which I think is the most reasonable thing I've seen. I have no idea about the sort of, user um, experience yet because tonight is the first night but anyway um, I just felt the need to to include this little prologue before I released the first episode even though I sort of finished it at the end of April because so much has happened in those two weeks Um, I think in April I was very excited about sort of being in public spaces again and doing performances and there was a whole bunch of shows kind of lined up and yeah, it almost seemed like the pandemic, you know, you could you could just just convince yourself that you could kind of do things again. 
And then in this week, uh, early in the week, my friend Henry Engelbracht passed away. Henry was a, one of the greatest photographers of the South African music scene. And his death was apparently COVID related. Um, and uh, yeah, so that just, it really floored me. Um, Henry was one of my first Patreon supporters in October 2020 when I started my Patreon vibe. Henry was one of the first people to sign up and um, shit, I just realized, you know, Henry, we did a, a photo shoot together for an album uh, that I'm planning to release. Well, I mean, that I am releasing tomorrow, as it turns out, on DistroKid. All of these facts are literally sort of coming to me now. Um, Henry took the pictures, you know, we like experimented with some stuff in his garage and with light and multiple exposures. And it was really fun. And yeah, the dude, I mean, I, I've never encountered anything like the amount of eulogies that um, just sort of flooded all of my social media pages. Um, and it's testimony to one of the nicest people, you know, in the in the whole sort of entertainment industry. I think some of the earliest photos I saw now, I mean, I can't even remember when I started hanging with Henry at shows, but some of the earliest pictures I found are from like 2015. <clears throat> so it's been like the last five, you know, six years now. Uh, and Henry has been at literally, I think he's been at more varied shows possibly than me and I started Vattled and I produce and curate most of the shows and that guy loved Vattled like he always went out of his way to tell me that and um, yeah I think his his passing has just created a massive void in so many ways and just all the conversations I've been having with fellow musicians and artists in South Africa in this week have all centered around you know, what, what a legend this dude is. And um, also just that we have to be more vigilant once more. It seems like this, this talk of the third wave isn't just talk. Uh, who knows? But anyway, we decided to cancel the Bitter Ender show that was supposed to happen uh, Friday night, the 14th at uh, Railways. That was going to be the first Bitter Ender show in almost two years where myself, Peach and Louis would have been on the stage together. Um, the last time we would have done that, Peach broke his arm. So Louis and I ended up being on the stage together. I think that was in October 2020 was the, the last time we played sort of in front of people. We did a couple of live stream shows on the Opie live stream. Henry was present at all of those and took, as usual, you know, just amazing photographs. Um, yeah, so I just want, I just felt a need to add this little prologue and just, you know, talk about the dude a little bit and, you know, in a very emotional state on, uh, when I heard the news, I think on Tuesday morning, I was actually just sitting at my, in my car at work and I was just crying and remembering the dude and just his altruism and the, you know, his, just how he was at every show and, would always, you know, share a link with the photos, you know, like a day or two later. And he was just at everybody's shows. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, I think I think it's Steinbeck, John Steinbeck, who wrote about, um, I should look in one of my journals, as usual, I'm 
rambling without doing the research, but I think he said something about like you should you should live in a way that makes even the undertaker sad to put you under, you know? And that definitely is the legacy of Henry's life. And uh, yeah, my thoughts and condolences go out to his son and to all the people that were close to him and loved him. And uh, yeah, so anyway, in an emotional state on sort of Tuesday, I just made a post trying to articulate, you know, how I was feeling. And um, I ended the post by just saying that, you know, from from this moment on, I'm going to dedicate every creative project I do to Henry. Uh, so that's what I'm doing. That's what this prologue is for. It's just a, a little landmark at a very weird time in, in all of our lives and specifically just to, to make it an audio moment that it is captured, that part of this emergence podcast is dedicated to the memory and the legacy of Henry Engelbrecht, um, who himself was, you know, practiced that that process that I'm interested in of emergence. Um, when we were doing the, the photo shoot, it was very much like, cool, let's try this, you know, you set this light up, okay, and do this. And oh, my word, I never even thought about if you let the flash go twice. And, you know, and we just, we just played, we just enjoyed the creative process together. And even though he's largely known for being a, you know, a live show photographer, I was really excited to see, you know, like his studio game. And I, I encouraged him like to, to get to like build his studio because we were just shooting in his garage, you know, with like his lights and shit set up. Yeah, so a flame has gone out, but one of the most beautiful things about Henry's legacy is that it, it you know, it lives on. Like in many ways, you know, Roland Barthes wrote about the death of the author that when when a text is created and set, set sort of free into the world, the author in many ways dies, you know, that the text is the thing that we engage with when you're looking at the Mona Lisa or whatever it is, you know, the, the painter has died. I mean, you know, in, in the case of the Mona Lisa really died, but, you know, the, the artwork never dies. Um, there's a beautiful poem by Sid Corman, an American poet, who talks about, um, you know, like it isn't for want of something to say, um, but to 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 keep you from going, um, feeling myself here as long as you are, as long as you are. And Sid Corman also had passed away by the time I encountered his poem in a in a Coursera course on American poetry that I was doing once. And um, but the way they just spoke about that poem and sort of you know, the power of the text to still be there, you know, like the, the thing that we engage with um, after the maker of that thing, you know, wherever they are, they're in some ways, you know, the text is the thing that is alive. And that's the beautiful thing about Henry's legacy is like just all of these photographs of like the entire South African music scene. It is, it is, it is like, it's if that was a life's work it would have been impressive you know but it's like it's like basically the f last five years that henry just was there for every festival from like living room shows to you know he was supposed to to come and take photographs um at a show at a like a small show that i did on thursday evening you know and and 
um, he sent his excuses to the the organizer and only afterwards I realized it was because he was already probably sick. Yeah, anyway, shit, this whole fucking thing is too too intense. Just the, the reminder of mortality that each one of us owes, li- owes death a life, you know. And uh, yeah, so Henry, you know, wherever your your energy is engaging with this shit, I, you, I don't really, I don't know if I believe that, but whatever, like this is dedicated to the memory of Henry Engelbrecht. And uh, yeah, that's the end of episode one, I guess. It's not a morbid end. Um, there's a beautiful TED talk online um, by a lady called Candy Chang, who talks about like, death gives you a new lens on life you know like when someone close to you passes away it almost forces you to re sort of evaluate the way that you are living and um yeah so in the memory of henry uh you know let's let's appreciate the life that we have and make the most of it and um yeah make things that speak to people you might hear my wife in the background um, busy. I think she's sewing. I don't know if that's going to bleed through to the audio that's recording here. I hope it does because weaving is one of my favorite things too. Texts, uh, the word text means a woven thing from the, the Greek root, which means texere, to weave. Anyway, so we're gonna. I'm going to be doing lots of that in this podcast, weaving things together and th- strands of thought and stuff and uh yeah cool i hope you take the journey with me this is the end of episode one finally i'm gonna airdrop this file from my phone to my laptop and quickly do an edit and add it on to the end of the first podcast and then i'm gonna upload it see what happens let they fall what i will which in afrikaans means let it fall where it will